whoever is listening, guys, welcome back and welcome to our Monday morning podcast. This is episode 94 of the Man with the Plan podcast, guys. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and thank you for watching our interview with Ricky Sapp, Clemson coach, former Clemson great and NFL talent. If you guys enjoy that kind of stuff and more, feel free to reach out to me with any suggestions you potentially may have. As always, I'm going to try to do a couple shows a week, try to find some consistency within the summer, depending on what's available. I was going to do three shows a week, but I ended up not really falling in love with a ton of topics to talk about. So it kind of just spiraled into what it is. So what do we have on the board for today? Uh, today, we're going to talk about two things. I'm really excited about really kind of happy, proud, not proud, but like, I'm really happy with them. This is the first time in a minute where I've been like, man, I'm really, really excited about it. So Arch Manning committed to Texas. We're going to talk why that's a huge win for college football and why the Nets have failed Kevin Durant and where he can go from here. Really excited about it. If you guys, as always, are excited on YouTube, we have these videos separately so you can watch these segments in any way you please. So tune into that, subscribe to that YouTube channel. We're trying to get to our 100, 150 subscribers would be cool. We're trying to reach 10,000 listeners by the end of the summer across all of our platforms. So continue to spread the show and give it some love. Thank you guys, as always. Let's get into why Arch Manning committing to Texas is a huge win for college football. I explain. Let's do it. So I had a prediction, and I honestly didn't see it coming. So if you haven't been paying attention to the college football world for the last couple of years, Arch Manning the nephew of Eli and Peyton Manning, the son of Cooper Manning, the forgotten Manning brother, that was some would say, or being, hey, there is a third. But Arch Manning committed to Texas this week. I made a video about it on Instagram and a Reels. I'm trying to get into that TikTok and Instagram world a little bit more. And he committed to Texas. And I think it's a huge thing for college football. I think it's a huge win for the sport, NIL, all of these big, big factors. And here's why I want to get into this brand, this brand identity with college football and why college football is better for it. It's so much good. I was so relieved to see it. I have been think I, for a while, I think that he was a lock to go to either Alabama or Georgia or Ole Miss or one of these SEC schools, either follow in his brother's footsteps or go to one of these powerhouses that is Georgia or Alabama. I never thought Clemson was seriously in the running. You can see the hat and you can see slightly a bit of the Jersey. I never thought they were really in the running. I didn't think there was a realistic way for him to be able to shine, especially with Kate Plumnick coming in. DJ could potentially stay another year. There's a lot of factors. I don't think it would have been a smart move for him. So him going to Texas, it's a big deal for Steve Sarkeesian, who is starting to learn the ropes, become the new head coach at Texas football. He's got one of the most exciting quarterback rooms out of the entire country. You've had Quinn Ewers, who was a big story when NIL started to pop off. He is back at Texas after flip-flopping from Ohio State and all that stuff. It was really interesting. And kind of what made the NIL super fascinating was that aspect of skipping your senior year of high school to earn a potential big contract. So it was really something to see there. I love that it adds an extra element to college football. And I think Arch Manning is going to be one of the fascinating names in this game for the next couple of years. We have this new generation of athletes coming in. He's been one of those guys that has been kind of quiet, but at the same time talked about a lot in terms of where he's going to go and how that can impact a program. And I say, I have it listed on my notes, Texas, USC, Notre Dame, Michigan, Miami, schools like that, where when they're better, it is better for college football. It adds an extra element. So usually for the last six, seven years, we've had the college football playoff and we have these same usual four contenders we have. 
Clemson, we have Alabama, we have Oklahoma, we have Ohio State, and you throw Georgia into the mix there occasionally. But for a lot of people who aren't super into the sport or say, hey, I prefer the NFL, there's a little more parity, you can kind of figure out, or not necessarily figure out, but there's a lot more teams to be able to talk about because there's not just the same Obviously, for a long time, the Patriots dominated the NFL, but there are always new teams to challenge them. We had the Eagles, we had the Rams, we had the Jacksonville Jaguars at one point make a run. So there was always somebody new involved. With Alabama, it was never really a challenge. Alabama steamrolled through Notre Dame. They beat Georgia in the SEC Championship. They beat Clemson a couple times. They beat Oklahoma in the playoffs by a lot of by a lot of touchdowns. So when we add these new blooded teams and not necessarily new blood in terms of they haven't been successful before, because Texas, obviously if you look back with Vince young as the most recent example or Colt McCoy, Texas has been in this environment before. And when they are, it is that much better for the sport. You have games like the Rose bowl with USC and Texas, who I pointed out as one of those teams that college football is better for it. When they win, it not only adds another edge to college football where, Hey, we won't be talking about the same four teams for six months. We're going to be talking about how can Texas get better? How does Texas's involvement in the SEC impact Arch Manning? How does USC, how does that work out? And this specifically is more about how Texas, it's a win for them, obviously, because you get the number one quarterback in the country. It's a win for any program, but it is a win for college football as a whole. You add a certain, and this is what I've been talking about on the show for a long time. I've been a big fan of adding new teams not necessarily in terms of expansion, but adding new teams to the fold. I love it when Oregon's good. I love it when they get added to the conversation. Utah, that Rose Bowl was fantastic. Michigan and Georgia, for example, were new teams this year that were added to the college football playoff. And we talked about them a lot. We talked about can Cincinnati break that mold. It was like breaking a barrier, breaking the stuff. They were the group of five team, the first group of five team in this sports history to make the college football playoff. It was a big deal. We talked about it when Ohio State, came into Michigan and Michigan beat them. Aiden Hutchinson wrote his Heisman campaign on it in top five to the NFL draft. It brought up a story we hadn't talked about in a long time because we always talked about, well, Ohio State's just going to roll through Michigan again. It's just going to be that same old thing. But there was that extra element that made it that much more interesting. And Michigan rode that to a college football playoff berth where they played Georgia, which Georgia's been struggling to find their playoff identity, constantly running into Alabama, constantly running into a big game. They overcame that hump and beat Alabama in the national championship, gave some new life to the sport. What Arch Manning does is brings an extra element of college football. It brings a demographic to it. It brings a whole state of Texas into it. And Texas is not just in that one state. Texas is a nationally recognized program, a nationally celebrated program with a ton of fans across the world, not just, our, not just the United States, but the world. So it brings more and more people in there. If Arch Manning can come in here or Quinn Ewers for that matter, because there will certainly be a story there for sure. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point, whether it's here on cover two with Patrick, but it's really overall a fantastic win. I'm fan- freaking excited about it. I love it. It adds more to the mix. It makes college football more exciting and more interesting. And I think the sport is desperate for that, especially with all this talk about, are we straying off the path with NIL? Is our playoff system Really what we need, Arch Manning to Texas gives college football something to cheer for and something to think about, and I'm really excited about it. All right, I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we're going to talk about how the Nets have failed Kevin Durant and where I heard something about him going to a certain team. I kind of like it, and I'm going to elaborate on that. This is the Man with a Plan podcast. Thank you guys as always. We'll be right back. 
So I think when you bring up the words Kevin Durant or the name Kevin Durant, you're going to get a mixed reaction depending on who you talk to. If you talk to a Thunder fan, he's the wounds have probably healed by now, but it might be pouring salt on it. And we don't know if it's open or not. You just should ask him. You ask a Warriors fan, he brought you two titles. So you really have nothing bad to say about him. If you're a Nets fan, he brought you excitement. He wanted to be the man on this new team. And it's failed for the most part, but not for the reasons you'd think. And where I'm going to go with this is I believe the Nets have done Kevin Durant a huge service, but I also want to talk about where he can go from here. I think for all that Kevin Durant is, there's two things that Kevin Durant wants to do. He wants to be well-received by everybody. It's evident on his Twitter and on his, when he talks on podcasts, he wants respect. He feels like he's earned it. He's been in the league a long time. He's one of the best players ever. It feels like he sometimes doesn't earn that same slice of the pie as maybe LeBron does when it comes to certain moves that he's made. And for me, I think I earned Durant, Durant earned my respect big time, earned it back when he was on the Nets because he truly gave everything he had to the Nets organization. He truly gave every ounce of himself when he was available, when he was healthy. He was the best player on the court, the best player in the world. Certainly something that you could say you brought together the super team with James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and you couldn't get past the second round of the NBA playoffs. That's a huge failure in my eyes, especially for a team like the Nets that have been experimenting for the large part of the decade. You had the Boston big three that traded away to the Nets for all those picks that eventually turned into Tatum and Brown experimenting to see if you can get in the playoffs with KG, Paul Pierce, those guys ended up not working out the way they thought it would. And then you bring in this new experiment with Durant, Irving, and Harden, all who have been polarizing figures for sure. So according to Logan Murdoch of the ringer, Kevin Durant is losing faith in the nets. And with this Kyrie Irving situation, he hasn't talked to anybody on the team in weeks and he is potentially looking for a way out depending on how the situation with Irving goes, man, I certainly thought when this team was brought together that it was really, it was very much a power struggle. I think Kevin Durant was the clear one, but I think there was a lot of problems with Irving specifically, the vaccine stuff, whether however you feel about that, him missing a lot of games and a lot of time. James Harden was brought into the fold. James Harden was brought into the fold and then out of the fold very quickly. So the Nets were constantly changing parts, adding players like Lamarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills, trying to find different pieces to make it work, and they just couldn't. And I think that's a really big, really, really big issue with, uh, with Durant. I think that there's a lot of things that he does right, and I think that he's been trying to right this ship since the Golden State thing, right the ship, depending on how you feel about it. I think there's only one real clear path for him for it. I don't think he's going to suit up as a net next year. I don't think Kyrie Irving is going to be a net next year. I think Irving wants to go to the Lakers. That's even going to work or somewhere where he can be the man again and kind of be free from this situation. I don't, it's so frustratingly weird. It's, it's, it's crazy, especially someone who I don't love Kyrie Irving, but I think he's one of, one of the best players on the planet. There's just always something. There's always something in the way. There's always something going on. There's always something personally happening. Irving has always been a free spirit does what he wants, doesn't ask, doesn't ask for anybody's permission, just goes for it. And I think that bothers Durant in a lot of ways, who just wants to play basketball, just wants to win, just wants to feel like he's getting the respect of his peers, respect of his people on Twitter. That's why he's on there. He's looking for people to say good stuff about him. I mean, I would too. It's a, it's a lonely job sometimes for him, I'm sure. But I think that there's a way, and I heard this on First Things First, there's a way for him to almost eliminate all that 
and move forward. Obviously, this title is the Nets have failed Kevin Durant, and I think it's simply because they put the wrong people around him. I think they could still potentially make it work. Maybe they try trade Kyrie Irving out, and they say, hey, we can make this work with Ben Simmons. We can make this work with you. He's facilitating to you. He plays defense. You're the main guy. We can get some people around you in free agency. Who wouldn't want to play for you, Kevin Durant? But I think the ship has sailed. I think there's been too much that's happened, too many mistakes, too many times where almost the management has folded to the players. It's a disaster, and I think Durant should get out. I heard that, and it's not confirmed by any means, and I heard this isn't my own idea, but I did want to elaborate on it. I don't like to take certain ideas from other people, especially when they're more established than me, but I did like the idea of it. I heard the Blazers is a potential spot for him, which would be awesome because Damian Lillard deserves the world. But I did see the Thunder as an option, and I think it fits with Durant's mold. He wants to play basketball. He wants to be respected. He wants to be loved. He wants everyone to embrace Kevin. Kevin wants to be loved. Kevin wants to be hugged. This could really work. You would almost do what LeBron did with Cleveland in, 20, uh, in 2016, winning a title. Or he joined the team in 2015, but won the title in his second year with the team in his second stint. Durant eliminates any idea of being a villain. You go back to Oklahoma City, the place where you started your career, the place where you became KD, the Slim Reaper. Oklahoma City has a lot of real estate to work with. This is what they've been building for. Not necessarily Kevin Durant coming back, but building up all these assets, all these picks, all these players, potentially getting back the guy, the one that everyone used to love and no longer call him a snake. <laughs> and that was a big thing. That was a big deal back when I was in high school was Durant's a snake and all the TikTok, not TikTok. What was it? Fine. Lord, I'm old. <laughs> but all the, the memes and stuff as we call it. But the, the Thunder have a billion first round picks to work with. They have... Chet Holmgren, who they could really just mock Cleveland and what they did, say, hey, we have Chet Holmgren. We have a bunch of first-round picks. Let's send it over to Brooklyn. You guys can start over with a fascinating new talent. We get Durant. He pairs up with Josh Giddy, Luke Dort, Trey Mann, Shy Gilders Alexander. These are actually guys where you go back to a Thunder team without a problematic Westbrook, which was a big problem. And I don't know all the I don't have all the answers with that situation, but I know Westbrook was a big part of why he left the way Westbrook plays, the way he distributes the ball, the way he handles himself. You get over there, you're the guy, and you have players who not only can create for themselves, but have a clear understanding that they get you the ball and you can make stuff happen. Durant nearly averaged 30 points a game. I think it was 29.9 points when he was available. I know the Celtics gave him some trouble, but it was very emotional series. Kyrie Irving batting back with the Celtics fans, flipping people off and stuff. So get him back to the thunder. You eliminate a lot. You eliminate that villainous role. He becomes a hero again, and he's surrounded by a ton of young talent, which could work like that. It could mold instantly. Durant could wear 35 again. He can be the hero. Something really fascinating that I thought. It could happen. I, I know that this has become more of a spitballing thing, but you get somebody like Kevin Durant comes in, has done a lot of growth. It's almost like a rebirth in a way. He's able to come back. The fans praise him. They say, well, he left before, but he came back and he won us a championship. And that would honestly, for a lot of people, I think, do it for him. Because a lot of people see him as a very skilled offensive player, one of the best players of all time. Add that third ring, doing it yourself without the Warriors super team that people could debunk. You win a finals MVP. It's something that had happened. I, I think it's very realistic. I think it's very fascinating. We're going to learn a lot more information as the days come, as free agency develops, as the draft develops. 
I'm very excited about it. It's something that I had to talk about to you guys because you know I love talking about this show to you guys. Episode 94 of the Amethyst Plan podcast. Why Arch Manning is a huge win for college football going to Texas and why the Nets have failed Kevin Durant. But where does he go from here? This was episode 94, guys. I hope you enjoyed. I love this so much. You guys have been killing it. Thank you all who are tuned in to the Ricky Sap and for you people that have tuned into the Bo Collins interview. It has popped up recently, and I really appreciate that. Guys, thank you as always. I have a bunch of fun videos planned. I'm going to be heading out soon on vacation, but that doesn't mean the podcast stops. I will be bringing you guys along with me. I'm going to try to make more TikToks and reels on Instagram so you guys can stay engaged. Very excited about that. I have some stuff with some former players that I'm working on right now for dates and times, so stay tuned for that. A lot of fun stuff planned. We're just getting started. Thank you guys as always. Take care and have a great day.